The waiting hall buzzed like a damn hive. I shifted on the worn plastic chair, a bead of sweat tracing a line down my back. Most folks there wouldn't last long in the old scrapyards where I found work, with those soft hands and clothes meant for offices, not steel beams and grease. Yet here they were, eyes bright with that mix of hope and desperation the patch peddlers loved to see. Me? My eyes were on the screen above the doors, Another infomercial about the new tomorrow. Smiling, beautiful people. Kids memorising whole books just by skimming them. Workers climbing corporate ladders in record time. The line outside those doors wouldn't get any shorter while that played. Seemed half the world had decided a bit of DNA tinkering was the secret to happiness. Maybe they were right. Didn't change the way I saw it. A shiver ran through me, colder than the recycled air. Wasn't about jealousy, I assured myself. I'd known folks that changed fast. Ma, for one, took the damn patch years back because they promised it'd fix something they never fully explained. Worked just fine at first, sharper memory, never got as tired. It was her mind that changed. Slowly but surely, the quick laugh disappeared, replaced by this hollowness like all the pieces of her were still there. But something vital was missing. By the time they took her away, promising some fancy clinic could put her right, there was nothing left behind her eyes but ambition, pure and cold. Never did hear from her again. That's why I sat where I sat, not in that line. Whatever else, this life with its dirt and struggle was at least mine. Not some glossy lie sold in those little capsules. A movement to my right. Old lady clutching a frayed purse, muttering apologies as she squeezed past. Took in her faded clothes, the worn lines on her face. You here for yourself, dear. My stare hardened. That obvious. She clucked her tongue. Oh, not at all. But some, they bring children, husbands, makes my heart twist to see. Then stay out of their business, I shot back instantly regretting my sharpness. Her hands touched my arm, surprisingly strong for someone so frail. Don't begrudge folks hope, young man, she said softly. Hard enough to come by these days. I shook her off. Wasn't about hope, not the good kind, more like fear masquerading as progress. They'd be lining up to stick needles in their veins when those running this show told them it was the next miracle. Except those who held the syringe never seemed to need the medicine themselves. Always made me ask, just what the hell were they selling? Her words lingered, leaving an itch worse than the stale air. Had to get out of there, back to the clatter of machines I understood. I shoved up from the chair, ignoring the sympathetic glances and knowing frowns. Wasn't their life to judge anyway. Stepping onto the sun-blasted street felt better, even with the city smog clawing at my lungs. My boots echoed on the cracked pavement, a defiant rhythm against the hum of passing hovercars and the relentless digital billboards pushing the promise of the patch. Everyone moved faster than they used to, faces strained and eager, all caught in that same frantic push towards... What? Perfection. Immortality. Whatever it was, it sure looked exhausting. A flash of chrome further down caught my eye. A street clinic, tucked in a dim alley where folks went for those under-the-table patch doses. 
Not as polished as the official centers, but cheaper, no questions asked. Movement in the shadow doorway made me flinch. Someone swaying on their feet, face half hidden. As I got closer, a moan rasped out. Not pain, but hunger. Then I saw it. Not just the glazed eyes typical of addicts, but the skin, pulled too tight over bone, with an odd bluish tinge. The figure lurched forward, hand clawing out, and what looked like scales glinted through torn sleeve fabric. Then the head whipped up, pupils slitted like a snake's in that hollow face. A growl vibrated through the air, not one I'd ever heard before. That broke whatever haze I'd been sleepwalking through. I stumbled back, turned, and ran. That ragged cry echoed behind me, joined by the crackle of shattering glass. They never said anything about this in those damn infomercials. Didn't dare look back, pounding through the crowd that didn't even seem to notice the nightmare on their heels. What the hell was happening? What had they unleashed with the patch, buried deeper than those promises of shiny careers and effortless brilliance? My breath burned, and my usual shortcuts through abandoned backlots and half-demolished buildings felt treacherous now. Every shadow morphed into a lurker. Every echoing footfall sent my pulse pounding. Home, if that crumbling apartment over the old garage could be called that, looked more welcoming than it ever had. I fumbled the rusted lock open, slamming the door shut with a trembling hand. Inside, the silence was almost painful. The air so still, it held its own kind of menace. The patch wasn't just about making life better, I realized. It was about changing what made us human. For good, or for whatever that creature back there had become. And for the first time, a spark of transformation ignited within that old, stubborn resistance. Fear. Cold, pure fear. The silence of the apartment wasn't comforting. It was accusing. Each ticking minute grated on my nerves like sandpaper. Ma's picture on the cracked dresser seemed to stare hollow ambition mirrored back at me. What good had it done her, that relentless climb fueled by whatever the patch had twisted her into? Maybe this fear, this knowing there was a real price to pay, hidden like rot under the bright facades. That was my patch, one keeping me sane, or as close to it as anyone got these days. Couldn't just hole up forever, though, not even with that thing likely still roaming the streets outside. Food supplies were meager, too, enough for a few days if I stretched it. That meant finding someone, anyone else with those damn eyes wide open. My hand hovered over the ancient comm box I salvaged from a junkyard years back. Most folks relied on the slick implants offered along with the patch, linked seamlessly to that omnipresent network. My way was unreliable, signal crackly in all but the best weather, but damn it, it was untraceable. Not many still ran these relics anymore, made finding them tricky too. There was one bet, if I was desperate enough. I punched in the rusty numbers from faded memory, wincing at the hiss of static. Three rings. Nothing. Hope withered fast. Was she even... Crank? Is that your old bones finally rattling against that comm box? Era of miracles, man. The voice rasped through the speakers, gruff and laced with disbelief. A wave of relief so sharp it was almost pain hit me. 
Yeah, Rosie, it's me. I managed, my voice tight. We got trouble. Big trouble. Rosie ran an off-the-grid repair shop. The one place anyone like me could still get a machine fixed without questions asked. More importantly, Rosie owed me a few favours after I hauled her sorry backside out of a collapsed tunnel last year. She was also one of the most stubborn sceptics around. If you said the sky was falling, she'd argue physics with you while building a damn umbrella. Trouble for me, or trouble trouble? She asked. Rosie never minced words. The kind that changes things, I hesitated, not knowing how to even start. But Rosie wouldn't have patience for beating around the bush. Look, just meet me at the usual spot, the loading docks midnight, and Rosie, bring whatever firepower you've got stashed back there. Her usual curse was swallowed by crackling static, replaced by a dead silence that hung in the air heavier than the city smog. Got it. See you then, Crank. That click signalled the seriousness louder than any panicked outburst ever could. I'd piqued the unflappable Rosie's curiosity, or more likely her survival instinct. Maybe that was something to hang a sliver of hope on. Now all I had to do was survive until midnight. Waiting was the worst kind of torture. Every creak of warped floorboards set my nerves on edge. Even the familiar stench of oil and damp couldn't calm the relentless ticking of the salvaged clock, each second dragging out into an eternity. I had nothing left to do but think, and the whispers of memory slithered out of the darkest corners of my mind. Ma before, laughing until there were tears in her eyes, face creased with warmth even during our toughest scrapes. Ma after, that brittle perfection masking a hollowness I couldn't stomach. Then the faceless suits taking her away, whispering about a promising new facility to handle complications. All that ambition. And where had it left her? Was that what happened to everyone who got improved? Each passing hour brought the dread closer. The street shadows seemed to deepen, reaching for me. Was that a hint of movement outside the grimy windowpane? Just trash rustling in the wind, my jitters painting reality over with my nightmares. Or was that moaning whisper real? It echoed the one from the alley, clawing at my sanity. No choice but to ready myself. My meagre kit, some tools that doubled as weapons, a coil of frayed rope, and a hunting knife with a chipped blade. They were laughable against this new kind of threat. But something primal kept me going. A stubborn spark of the same will that fueled my choice to stay unpatched. There was Rosie too, I had to trust she wasn't coming unprepared. Finally, the old clock wheezed out a rusted midnight clang. Outside, the world looked just as dark. But at least in the darkness, I could move on my own terms. Slipping out, my boots barely made a sound on the crumbling tarmac. Each deserted street echoed my footsteps amplifying the uneasy feeling growing in my gut. It wasn't just about those things lurking out there, but the very fact of a meeting after this long. For years, folks with my mindset, Rosie, those on the outskirts, we kept to ourselves, trusting our gut feel about what the patch held. A gathering like this was something I barely allowed myself to dream about anymore. To break this self-imposed isolation meant something had shifted, but maybe, just maybe, 
there was still a shred of resistance left in this shiny, engineered world. Maybe that shard wasn't buried so deep to be completely unreachable. Reaching the docks was a feat in itself. Every dumpster, every abandoned truck felt like it could conceal a threat. The scent of the oily river nearby wasn't enough to mask the other smell. Faint, but chillingly familiar. Fear clung to me, but underneath, something like an old battle hunger ignited. I wasn't running anymore, damn it. Time to meet whatever was out there and make a bloody stand, patch or no patch. That was what it meant to be a survivor, I guess. Just had to hope I was still capable of it. The loading docks jutted into the oily blackness of the river like decaying teeth. Rust-eaten cranes creaked in the night wind, their hulking shapes monstrous as my own imagined horrors. But amidst the shadows, there it was. A flash of dim light from within an abandoned warehouse, the scent of engine grease and Rosie's trademark brand of strong tobacco cutting through the salt tang of the water. Stepping across the threshold felt like crossing into another world. Rosie stood silhouetted by the glow of a jury-rigged worklight, her wiry frame deceptively frail. Behind her, an improbable collection of tech was haphazardly strewn across an ancient workbench. Parts of old, gutted-out drones, a comm device crackling with urgent chatter, and a chipped screen broadcasting a newsfeed filled with carefully sanitized chaos. Finally decided to rejoin the human race then? Rosie scoffed, but I could see the relief in the set of her shoulders. Even if she masked it with cynicism, she hadn't come alone either. I gestured vaguely outside. You didn't exactly paint a rosy picture of what's going on out there. Her gaze was steel. That's because sugar coating won't save your hide, Crank. Look! She swatted at the screen the patch news anchor giving another smooth reassurance, then cutting to a shaky camera feed. A mob surging, inhuman screams mixing with panicked pleas, a slick of unnatural blue blood on the concrete. Those were office workers yesterday. This morning they were... something else. Like that thing. I felt the words hitch in my throat, barely able to voice that chilling memory. Rosie nodded grimly. Got enough reports from contacts. Folks hiding out, barely alive after seeing whatever this turns people into. The patch honchos are covering it up fast as it spreads, silencing anyone sniffing too close. Suddenly, the comm device roared with static. An agitated male voice broke through, choked with a breathless panic. Rosie, they're here! At the shop, a whole pack of them busted down the door! God, I barely... The transmission fizzled into silence. Cold dread replaced the heat of anger coursing through me. Those things had tracked Rosie's signal, maybe followed her here. We were exposed. A crash shattered the tension. A warped piece of sheet metal gave way outside, thrown with a force no normal human could possess. Then an all-too-familiar moan rippled through the night, punctuated by the hungry hiss of claws scraping on concrete. The old battle instinct surged again, reckless and bright as a flare. No time for talking! I grabbed the nearest weapon, a pipe with a jagged end. Time to put your hardware to use, Rosie! My shout wasn't bravado, just a desperate attempt to fight against the dread threatening to paralyze. 
For once, fear didn't make me run. It ignited every nerve ending, every instinct screaming for me to survive. Rosie had that feral look too. For all our stubborn independence, all that kept us safe this long, it wasn't enough anymore. In a world with fangs like this, there might be strength in numbers, even if just for a single, blood-soaked, desperate night. The warehouse lights exploded in a shower of sparks as the first creature crashed through a rusted window. Not the shambling form I'd glimpsed before, but something far worse. What was once a man moved with blurring speed, muscles bulged to grotesque proportions, under skin stretched into smooth scales. The hunger in those snake-like eyes was chillingly intelligent, making that earlier encounter seem like a nightmare prelude. Rosie wasn't hesitating. A flash of red light burst from the firearm she'd cobbled together. Not bullets, but an arc of concentrated heat sliced through the air, catching the thing square in the chest. It snarled, an unholy mix of human gurgle and reptilian hiss, but kept coming. I charged, swinging the pipe with more force than I thought I had, catching it across the head. The clang of metal echoed, startling, and the monster reeled momentarily. Another blast from Rosie seared its shoulder, burning flesh sending up acrid smoke, but it only faltered, then regained its focus, swivelling towards her. In the stark, strobing light, I saw its mouth. No longer human, but filled with rows of jagged teeth, a gaping maw primed to bite. A coil of ice replaced the fear. This thing had been someone, maybe days ago. No time for pity now. My feet moved without my conscious command, driven by the same desperation that had kept me alive all these years. I launched myself onto its back, my fingers fumbling for a hold on that slick skin. Its thrashing nearly bucked me off as pain sparked sharp under my ribs. My knife plunged down again and again, aiming with blind instinct for any gap between the glistening scales. Something wet splattered my face, hot and reeking. Its blood was as freakish as it was now, blue-veined with black. That primal screech of pain broke whatever focus it had left. In a burst of frantic strength, it flipped both of us over, pinning me against the floor, its talons tearing at my shoulders. Rosie was there, yanking with an iron grip. For a crazy moment, the three of us, human, not human, and stubbornly in between, grappled in a frenzied dance, then I heard the heavy clatter as the pipe I dropped was kicked up to her foot. Without thought, Rosie jammed the jagged end straight into the thing's gaping maw. A gurgle that could have once been a scream went silent, as its once intelligent eyes dimmed and the thrashing stilled. I slumped against the gritty floor, breath a rattling sob. There was silence but for our panting and the crackle of electricity from Rosie's jury-rigged weapon. Then she knelt checking for a pulse on that horrifying form that, by all reasonable standards, should be dead. Finally she straightened, face creased with grim satisfaction. Whatever this patch does, it ain't indestructible, she rasped, wiping a streak of that eerie blood off her face. That, that means there's a damn chance. We shared a glance and it hit me, not just terror, but the first crack of something like defiance, blooming in the wasteland of despair. Maybe survival wasn't enough anymore. Maybe a fight was brewing, a bloody brutal clash, born out of desperation 
and defiance. And damned if this night wasn't just the beginning. We didn't have time to bask in the bloody victory. With the comm still crackling warnings about more of those creatures on the prowl, every wasted second was an invitation for another horror to burst through the door. I patched myself up with rough efficiency, ignoring the burning in my muscles. Even survival felt different now. An ache laced with a thrumming defiance. It wasn't just about dodging disaster anymore. It was about turning those fangs back on the ones who unleashed this. Rosie didn't even have to suggest it. The remains of the creature were proof, horrific as it was. We moved with grim purpose, collecting samples, stuffing them into salvaged bio-canisters for those allies of hers who were crazy enough to try and dissect this nightmare. A voice crackled over the comm again, barely above the static. Uh, safe for now, thanks to those lights in the sky. Those bastards fried them right through the streets. This wasn't one of Rosie's regular contacts. The voice ragged with the manic edge of the hunted. Whoever it was, they might be our lifeline to any answers. Lights? I echoed, brow furrowing in confusion. Rosie looked up sharply. If those patch bigwigs unleashed this just to panic some more folks into buying in, they sure picked a stupid way to do it. Could be someone else finally stepping in? Some secret resistance finally had enough. She trailed off, eyes gleaming with a fierce hope I hadn't seen in her for years. The plan formed rapidly, almost desperately. Follow the trail of destruction, find these mysterious figures behind the lights, see if they were friends or a new kind of foe. Either way, the streets weren't safe, not with whatever chaos was unfolding and those patched monsters still out there. We needed to move, disappear into the underbelly of the city before something hunted us down again. But before we could, Rosie dug through her grimy toolkit and pulled out two battered syringes. They weren't filled with that glowing goop the patch addicts craved, but a crude blend of her own concoction. What the hell is that? I asked eyeing the concoction with the instinctive distrust of anything needle-shaped. Tracker blocker, she grunted, shoving the first one into my arm. Damned if I'm letting those implant suits know if these patch monsters have made me an extra special dinner. The sting was sharp, but within minutes even the familiar buzz of the signal I didn't even realize I carried anymore seemed to vanish. Rosie gave a satisfied nod as she stabbed herself with the second syringe. And just like that, we were ghosts. Not gone, but hidden in plain sight within a world hooked on connection. It was a strange freedom, cold and desperate. Rosie led the way out into the aftermath. Dawn wasn't far, casting an eerie half-light across the scarred buildings. For once, the shadows were less terrifying than the harsh fluorescent glare of the emergency lights casting monstrous elongated forms across the pavement. The destruction these things had wreaked was far worse than those sanitized news broadcasts had implied. There were stains and smears that were better left unexplained. But there was something else too. Crude, yet powerful scorch marks across the streets and walls, unlike anything Rosie's bootleg weapons could unleash. There was truth to the garbled message after all. Someone, or something, had fought back against the tide of horror we witnessed firsthand. But who? 
Could there really be an organized resistance hiding within this sprawling web of the patched and connected? If even an impossible hope like that was true, we had to find them. Maybe then, even stubborn bastards like us wouldn't just be fighting to survive another day, but for a world still worth saving. Following the Trail of Destruction was an exercise in grim fascination. It wasn't a straight path, weaving through side streets and abandoned underpasses, as though whoever waged this shadow war wanted to remain hidden. But even under the cold light of dawn, the evidence left me grudgingly impressed. These mystery fighters had firepower I'd never witnessed outside of ancient war relics, enough to not just wound, but utterly obliterate those… things. I saw a crater where a store should have been, melted streetlights and scorched husks that hinted at technology no ordinary rebel group should possess. Each clue tightened the knot in my gut. Were these saviors even human? Had those fighting the patch created new monsters to combat the ones they'd made themselves? It didn't sit right, but what I clung to, that there was still something untouched by the patch, something with the ability to hit back, that overrode the creeping fear. For Rosie, I could see the calculations swirling in her head. If you could analyze those weapons, replicate them, a revolution could ignite just as quickly as the damn plague had spread. Midday found us on the fringe of an industrial zone, the heartland of the patch network. Abandoned factories stretched into the distance, and somewhere within those maze-like complexes, according to the panicked ramblings on the comm unit, our trail ended. Just before a dilapidated warehouse, the scorch marks became denser, overlapping in a chaotic battle that had clearly ended only recently. This close, that familiar scent, sickly sweet with just a hint of rot, made the hair on my neck stand on end. They were here, somewhere, the creatures birthed by the patch. We slowed, every ragged breath loud in the echoing silence. With a practiced nod, Rosie indicated a rust-ridden ventilation shaft leading up and inside the building. She went first, moving with the agility of a woman half her age, the only sound the slight squeak of worn metal. Then it was my turn. Each echoing clunk of my boot seemed to thunder off the dank walls, and with every agonizing inch, the certainty of walking into a trap clawed at my senses. Then came the first sign we weren't alone. A whisper of movement ahead, the flash of something metallic reflecting a stray beam of sunlight filtering through the grime. Rosie froze mid-climb. This wasn't anything scaled and inhuman. My stomach twisted. There were humans who profited on misery, the kind not bothered by the horrors the patch unleashed. This could be an ambush, a new nightmare on top of the one already gripping the city. Rosie motioned back down, but even whispering seemed dangerously loud. Before a plan could fully form, a figure stumbled out of the dimness. We tensed, ready to fight, then held. She was small, shaking, hair wild. Under the grime, fear-filled eyes were unmistakably clear. No sign of that mutated madness. And on her jacket, I finally saw the source of those powerful burns, an emblem crudely fashioned from a shattered microchip. 
She took one look at us, then turned and bolted. Not in fear, but with a strange desperation. Rosie and I exchanged a glance. Now what? The rational part of me screamed to retreat, vanish back into the grimy labyrinth, become ghosts again. But Rosie's eyes held that cold spark of defiance I recognised all too well. After what we saw back there, she muttered, already inching after the girl. At least let's find out which way these bastards run. The chase led us deeper into the maze of the factory. I expected rusted relics and abandoned equipment, but what we found was an uncanny juxtaposition of decay and cutting-edge tech. Monitors with unfamiliar readouts stood next to piles of scrap metal. Crates full of strange, sleek weapons rested against cracked walls. Every step further away from the familiar territory of my scrapper's life was a chilling reminder that we were way out of our league now. Each echo of footsteps in that empty space seemed to attract them. Snatches of movement from the shadows, more figures dressed in rags, but armed with what could only be salvaged bits of that resistance tech. And amidst the skittish looks they shot our way, I picked up on the same grim determination echoing our own. These weren't allies, exactly, but the unspoken agreement was simple. Whatever made those monsters outside, it was our shared enemy. The girl finally skidded to a halt at a door partially ripped off the hinges. Behind it, another surprise awaited, not a lab, but a shelter. Worn blankets, meagre food supplies, and above all, faces. Unpatched faces, weary, scared alive, but none showed that feral glow of whatever the patch warped you into. Some were young, far too young, with eyes old beyond their years. Others, like us, with weathered skin and scars telling of survival long before the world came truly undone. Before a word could be spoken, a voice crackled from a busted comm panel in the corner, that same ragged urgency we'd heard before. Maya, are you... Damn it! We've got to move! They're closing! There was a roar, not the monstrous wail of the infected, but the guttural snarls of far too many humans driven by blind panic. Suddenly the woman stood beside the girl, an archaic rifle clenched in weathered hands. There isn't time, she said, voice heavy with an exhaustion that seemed to leach into the very air. Then she looked at us, that defiance shining through. There never is in this damn war. You choose, run, with everyone else too scared to make the hard choice, or stand for whatever bit of this dying world is still worth saving. I glanced at Rosie, saw the echo of my own stubborn spark reflected back. For all I knew, this could be a trap, more layers of lies in a city choking on them. But this, this tasted of the scrapyard truth of fighting tooth and nail for just one more bloody day. The world was rotten. The fight wouldn't be pretty. If running was what it took to become like Ma, to let a different kind of emptiness swallow you, then count me out. Without a word, I picked up one of those strange scavenged weapons from a nearby crate. Its power thrummed against my skin, dangerous and unfamiliar. Rosie gave a short, harsh laugh one I understood better than any speech. The fight ahead wouldn't be clean, 
likely more blood than victory. But it would be on our terms, fueled by our defiance and hope that the damned patch hasn't completely extinguished the fight within humanity. In the end, survival, real survival, might mean finding something worth dying for. Just had to live long enough to see what that even looked like anymore.